All right, guys, welcome to episode 152 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy, Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And this week we talk about Silo, Season 1, Fargo, Season 5, Final Fantasy 12, Metal Gear Solid 2, mocapping any and everything you've ever come across, <laughs> uh, Godzilla 2014, uh, <laughs> Kong Skull Island, um, the, the main character of Godzilla 2014 being uh, a, a wet cardboard box. Um, Spider-Man <laughs> 2, uh, Spider-Man 3, the movie Sam Raimi back in the day, uh, the, the correlation between Venom just fucking working his way in where he's not wanted, um, Titanic, Begin Again, Chainsaw Man, Tekken 8, Anyone But You, the Grammy Awards, uh, talk, catch on all of that, but first... So, what if uh, I'll let you start this week as per usual? Um, what have you been getting into or watching or, or whatnot? Yeah, so I, I see that you have a. I think I have eight things and you have four, so I think I'll do two and then we can go back and forth, um, two and one. But I'll start with my, the two TV shows I watched this week or this uh, the, since we last recorded. Um, I finished up Silo season one, which is on Apple TV. Uh, I guess Apple TV Plus. I don't remember which is... I, don't, I think. Well, anyway, it's on the Apple TV channel, you know, with Severance and Godzilla show and all those. Um, and it's pretty good. It, it's like um, it's like classic, like, sci-fi... Uh, I don't know about mystery box, but it's like classic sci-fi mystery, uh, like... Um, it's, you know, none of it's real, like, lost kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, where basically it's this post-apocalyptic show where, like... 10,000 people are living inside of this silo underground, right? So you, like, imagine, like, a big, like, corner silo, except on the sides is where people live, and then you have, like, stairs going diagonally across the silo all the way up. It's, like, ten, you know, it's, like, hundreds of stories tall. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, um, and the story starts, it's, like, when people want to be let out, they have to say, I want to be let out, and you have to let them out. And mm-hmm. then from there, that's, like, where the mystery ravels. You know, from there, it's like, oh, you know, somebody got let out, but what did they know? Oh, you know, it's a it's a doohickey and this and that. Um, but the show's really cool. It's the, the lead is Rebecca Ferguson, and she becomes a new sheriff at, because at the end of the first episode or second episode, the sheriff um, becomes indisposed. And so then they're like, you, well, you have to do it. He said you would be the one to do it. It's like, oh, damn, but she's not well-equipped. Oh, damn. But... So she's great in it, but I think my favorite part of the show is the world building. I think it is so clever in how it does, like, certain rules. Like, people, you know, below a certain level can only come up to this place, or they, you know, they act a certain way, and, you know, the upper-level people have access, and and they dress a certain way. So I think the world building is the most interesting part of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think it's ten episodes, and I think it would have been better with, like, eight and my next show is also, I'm going to say the same, a similar thing, but I think it would have been better if it would have been eight, because there's a couple episodes, or a couple of, you know, where you could have easily cut out two episodes worth of stuff, just from, like, various scenes that could have been cut, um, 
But still, it looks great. It looks expensive as hell, of course, because, you know, Amazon, or not Amazon, Apple TV Plus spends a bunch of money. Um, you know, the, the money's on screen. It looks great. The, you know, the, the it looks futuristic, mm-hmm. but like Star Wars futuristic, where it like looks like old, but still like in, in, the, in the future. And the cast is great. Um, Rashida, Rashida Jones is in like one episode. Um, and uh, David uh, Oyolo is in... A couple, um, Tim Robbins, Common is in it. He's actually one of the main antagonists in the show. Um, and a couple of other uh, small, like, actors we were like, oh, that's the guy from that thing. I've seen him before. Or like, oh, that's the lady. I just saw her in, like, another show. And, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anytime, it got, like, here's the thing. I don't think Common's bad in anything I've seen mm-hmm. him in. But, like, I just can't think about him now without thinking about the fucking John Wick scene where they're, like, Oh, they're like shooting each other. Quiet, like yeah, just like under the arm, trying to be discreet, like murdering (laughs) each other. Yeah, Yeah. makes me laugh every time I see Mm -hmm. it. And he's great in this. Yeah, he's actually pretty good, like pretty intimidating. Um, But yeah, I think if you like sci-fi shows, I think there's way worse. I think this is solid. Um, But I don't think it's like one where I'm like it's a must-watch, right? Because there's so much TV. You know, there's Succession, Barry, the the show I'm about to mention next that are better. But Mm -hmm. I think if you sort of you know, you're like, I don't want to do another comedy. I'd like to do, like, a nice sci-fi meaty show with, like, lots to think about. And, like, you know, kind of like, uh, it scratches a lost itch, right? But not as, I want to say, as out there as Lost, but still in that sort of same vein. Like, if Lost is, like, an 8 on the, like, wow, that's in, that's crazy sci-fi scale, this is more like a 3, right? So, but it's still down that same road. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, that's Silo. I think there's one season I'm pretty sure it's been renewed for season two because this first season it ends on like a it ends on like a potential cliffhanger in that if it ended there it would be like whoa it's like a twilight zone sort of like ending where you're like wow what a twist but not in like an annoying twist but like a wow that's so cool that it it sort of changes everything that came before it but it definitely could you know could be like that or it could be a nice hang uh cliffhanger that leads into the next season so it's um it's pretty cool how they ended it or at least the, the um the first season, right? Yeah, so that's uh, Silo, and then oh, the next Apple one TV is Plus. You said, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the next show is uh, Fargo season five. Um, did you ever watch any of the Fargo seasons? Like, I've not. it's an anthology, pretty much. But have you have you heard of it, or have you heard anything about any of the seasons? I've I've heard of it. Um, I haven't really followed any of it. I I feel like I heard it was good. At least I heard more about it when it first came out. But that could just be. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I don't know that it's gotten worse. It might just be, you know, not new anymore. So there's like less buzz. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, also, never saw the movie, so I just like mm, yeah. never really got into it. Yeah, yeah. But the show's great. Yeah, and you're right. It, it has been going for a while. I think season one came out. I want to say 2013, 2014. I remember being before my last year of school and watching it that summer, that first season. Mm-hmm. Um, and this shows you how long ago it was. I watched it on Mega Upload. Do you remember that? Did you ever watch shit on that? It was like yeah. uh, you could only watch a thing like 90 minutes, and then you had to wait like hours before yeah. it, it reset or something. That's why I watched like Breaking Bad, and I watched Fargo on there. I would watch one episode. I would try not to pause it or like try to jump around too much because then that added up to the 90 minutes, and then I'd be right. like, "Fuck!" I gotta wait until the next day. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, so it's been, you're right, it's been going on for a while. Season 1 was, um, 2013, 2014, season 2, I think, was soon thereafter, and then season 3 was, season 3 was, I think, a couple years after, that's like, I'm gonna say, like, 2017, 2018, and then they did a season 4, I think, like, just before COVID or just after, and, um, and then now this one, right, season 5, now at the end of 2023. Um, and 1 is great, 2 is the best, uh, one of the best ones, it's, it's really fantastic, Three solid, I think it's got some good moments, I think, 
It's got a great ending. The ending is an all-timer. And then I never watched season four, but I heard it was the weakest one. I heard it kind of devi- uh, deviated from the formula and became more of like a, like a, um, sort of like an ensemble, like crime, a mystery. Whereas the other ones are more like a big crime happens in episode one and then there's fallout. Okay. Um, and this one goes back to that sort of formula. Um, there's like a big thing that happens in episode one and everything that cascades from that, um, uh, you know, comes from that event. Right. Um, and it was great. I thought it was fantastic. I am so glad to be back in this sort of Coen Brothers world. Because, you know, it is based on the, on the movie, Fargo, of course. But right. then it also pulls from a lot of other uh, Coen Brothers stuff. You know, people are named the same names as people from, like, The Big Lebowski, Hudsucker Proxy, uh, Barton Fink. And so, and, um, you know, there's similar archetypes. Like, there's, like, an Anton Sugar kind of character this season. And okay. then there are, like, fumbling, uh, there's a fumbling um, sort of, like, Hitman, Steve Buscemi, and Fargo kind of character in this one. So it's it's like they, they borrow similar themes, um, and it's uh, and it's you know it's not as funny as I think. I think season one is is probably the funniest, but I, I don't think this one is as funny. I think this one's more like um, it's kind of like I was telling a friend I was like it's kind of like one of those where they say something that's funny or something funny happens you go huh that's clever that's pretty, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> okay. yeah that's a clever thing that just happened <laughs> right but but it, but it's 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 great I think if you and the nice thing dude is that you don't have to like if you tomorrow were like I need to watch a show let me watch Star Star Fargo you do not have to have watched any of the seasons it's completely anthology they, they don't even connect right I think okay. the most connection there is is that season two has a younger version of an old character in season one, but they don't draw attention to it. It's like, oh, this is, you know, just because it takes place in Fargo, they're like, this is Lieutenant uh, 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 Ramirez or something. And yeah. you go, oh, that's the guy who used the sergeant. And later, oh, okay. Like that. Like yeah, that's, okay. that, that's like the most connection I think I've seen across any of the seasons. Okay. Yeah, so that makes it pretty cool. So yeah, like I said, if you wanted to start tomorrow, you don't have to be like, well, I gotta start with one. No, no, no. You can start with five. You can do th- five, three, two, skip four, do one in like a year, you know, whatever. Right. Um, which makes it really nice. Okay. I'm gonna um, check that out then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely recommend it. And it's one of those where like, uh, John Hamm is in it. Oh no, the, the lead is uh, Juno Temple. She was in Ted Lasso. And it has, um, John Hamm is like the main antagonist. And at first, I was like, he's kind of... <laughs> hamming it up. Uh, right. But he was kind of like not great in episode one or two. I was like, he feels kind of out of place. He's, he's kind of putting on this tough guy persona. But then as the episode as the, as the episode went on and the season went on, I was like, no, he's like, like he he's putting on this tough guy persona because he is this evil. Like he does some shit that you're like, God damn, dude, you're like, you, you're like pure e- evil incarnate in this show. Um, so he's great. And it's nice to see him actually, you know, do a role because like, you know he did Mad Men and he was great in that. I loved Mad Men, um, but he he hasn't really found like a great like meaty role since then. It's been kind of like um, casting against type. Like he's like the, the goofy love yeah. in, one of the goofy love interests in Bridesmaids, and he's like the you know in, in Thirty Rock. He was, yeah, I was about to say in Thirty Rock. He's he's like he's got is he the, the one that hand. everyone tells him he's good at everything because he's handsome? Isn't yeah. that like, the whole thing? Uh huh. He's like, you're so beautiful, but you're so stupid. And, and, and I think he ends up getting, like, claw hands, like, prosthetic claw hands. So it's like that stuff, right? So he hasn't really found a nice, juicy role. And it's, it's, it's nice to see him. because out of all of those things, like, uh, the the one thing, kind of to your point, when I think of John Hamm acting, uh, like, obviously Batman, but the next thing I think of um, is him and Baby Driver. And I think it's because it's, like, him actually playing a character and not just being like mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a goofy version of a super handsome guy like <laughs> yeah 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 um, and even that one i mean even that one is kind of like he's playing like oh 
you're used to seeing me as like this cool suave guy. I'm going to play like a scumbag sort of like, you know what right. I'm saying? Like a, you know, like a greasy action sort of like evil one, like a psych sort of henchman kind of thing. But it's not like um played. He didn't play like the Kevin Spacey character, right? He didn't play like the guy. Right. I don't know. What did he? I don't think Kevin Spacey was evil in that one. But, you know, he, he didn't yeah. play like serious evil. Um, so it's nice to see him in that role. But, uh, yeah, so that's Silo Season 1. Pretty good. Fargo Season 5. Fantastic. Loved it. Um, those are the two shows I've been watching. And then right now, I mean, this will be for next episode, but I'm starting the Mr. and Mrs. Smith show on Amazon Prime, the one with uh, um, Donald Glover. Donald Glover? Yeah, Donald yep. Glover yep. and uh, Maya Iskren, the one, the girl from uh, Pen15. And it, I'm, like, halfway through it, maybe a little bit under, and it's fantastic. Yeah, really? I'm, like, I'm excited to talk about it next time, yeah. Okay. All right, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so, um, but uh, what's the, yeah, what's something you've been watching or right. uh, playing or doing? All right, so I've got, uh, I actually do two things real here because one of them's not written down, but the other one I'll keep short. So I finished Final Fantasy XII, uh, pretty good. Not is, the story, like, is kind of not great, I think. Um, I think it has the workings of stuff that should be great, and then it just kind of, it, it tries to get too many different things going on kind of near the end. Like, it, it pulls in too many new things near the end, and then you're like, all right. Um, so, as far as that, like, uh, stories... In, I think the game's great. Um, the actual, like, gameplay mechanics, all that as an mm-hmm. RPG, all the extra stuff you can do, um, all that's great. I'd probably give it uh 8 out of 10. Um, okay. Yeah, it's so, good. definitely, definitely... Uh, you know, if if you if it sounds interesting at all to you, then it's definitely worth checking out. Um, the other thing I was gonna say is that I, for the third time, have tried mm-hmm. to to uh, start Metal Gear Solid Two. Mm. And so, um, the first two times, like I just got super frustrated with the game, like almost immediately, and was like, I'm done with this. Um, the controls are awful. Uh, it's it's just fucking atrocious. Mm. Um, is it kind of like? Like Resident Evil Four, where it like takes some time getting used to, it, or it's like, no, 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 you're not gonna get used to this. Like this is uh, no, you just no. have to. All do right, it. so here's the thing. I would say, I would say it's Resident Evil Four. Um, okay. The other thing I didn't take into consideration until literally just now, I was trying to play it on the PS3 that I have. It was like a collection that came out and it was on there, um, but they released a collection for the PS5 that has, um, like, Metal Gear One and Two, which are different than Metal Gear Solid. And you have Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and I think 3, all in that collection. Um, and they they did some, like... Well, actually, they didn't really revamp much. Um, the main thing is that what I've learned uh, since talking to my friend who loves Metal Gear Solid 2, um, and, like, I watched him play it some with the shared screen feature on the PS5, and, like... Where I want to be like, the controls are suck and they're just awful. Like, obviously you get used to it because he's just fucking blowing through it. Like, he's smoking, like, he's fluid. You know what I mean? Like, it looks like mm. it looks like they should be intuitive watching him play. Um, but the thing is, on a PlayStation 3, the DualShock 3 had pressure-sensitive buttons. And so, mm. like, square, you would, like, pull your gun out. But then if you pressed it all the way down, you would shoot. And so, like... That's fucking awful to me because like I just want to press square. <laughs> like, like I'm over here trying to press like just slightly half down just to draw my gun. But if I push it too hard, I shoot, and it's a stealth game. So then everyone just comes fucking running out the woodworks to get me. Um, <laughs> it's fucking awful. But anyways, so there's a slight change in that, and then also like he, um, he was like watching me play and just helped me. They don't give you a lot of the information up front in terms of like 
just controls and things that are options. Like, it doesn't tell you that, like, if you walk up to someone from behind and you aim your gun, like, you, you stick them up and you're like, freeze, and they, like, put their arms up and then you, like, come around, like, disarm them and then, like, choke them out. Like, you, it doesn't mm. tell you that, but you can do mm-hmm. that. And so, like, he's explaining some of that stuff to me and it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, so I'm able to stick with it more, but the thing I wanted to say, cause this kind of ties into like our running jokes about Kojima, um, is <laughs> he, I was doing the share screen and my friend who loves the game was watching me play it. Cause he loves watching mm-hmm. me play these games cause I get so frustrated when I fuck up. Um, and so he, uh, he was watching me play it and we get to this cutscene, and there's a character that's in the first one and he's called revolver. Ocelot is his name. And he fucking in this one, like he, I saw, I sent you the clip. What you don't see yeah. is that your character goes through that door. And then this uh, soldier that's looking for you, like, comes up to the door and fucking Revolver Ocelot just comes fucking waltzing in the frame. Uh, like, in fucking cowboy boots and spurs. Like, it's the least... <laughs> like, it's the most dramatic it could be. And he, like, fucking... He just fucking decides to shoot this dude. And he does, like, two gun flips. And then he's like... I don't know if I even showed you this part. He like walk. He starts to walk away, and he turns around, and he's like, "The colonel will be joining you soon enough." And then he just fucking leaves. And my friends like, "This shit is so <laughs> wild to me because like, why would you like? First of all, I would just shoot him. I wouldn't like make a grand entrance too. Like he was like, why are you like, why are you trying to style on this man's dead body with the gun flips? Like what are you doing?" And mm-hmm. then, um, and he's like, and then he's walking away, shooting a one liner back. Um. But then there's another scene where he's doing the fucking gun flips, like, while a whole army is, like, got him at gunpoint and he doesn't care because it's just dramatic and ridiculous. Yeah, I was going to say, I love... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I was like, I love that um, the continuous, um, like, Western and Japanese, like, sort of going back and forth, like, each oh, influencing yeah. each other. Like, I was telling Sydney about it. I was like, well, you know, John Ford... In the 30s, you know, he did a bunch of westerns, and then Kurosawa, Kira Kurosawa saw it, and then he made his movies, like Seven Samurai and all those, and sort of borrowed stuff from him, and then George Lucas saw that, and was like, oh, damn, I could do that stuff, the Japanese stuff, and so he rips off a bunch of Kira Kurosawa stuff, like, you know, like the, 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 you know, the two sidekicks, and the wizard, and, you know, the knight, and then I'm guessing, I forget who it was, oh, and then, uh, uh, for Godzilla minus one, you know, got, you know, uh, George Lucas then sort of leads to the blockbusters and Spielberg and stuff, and then a bunch of stuff in Godzilla minus one was very Spielberg heavy, like Jaws, and one part Jaws, one part like Independence Day, which is like a direct like blockbuster thing, and so then now it looks like you know the Japanese, along with that, you know, with, with the Godzilla minus one stuff and blockbuster filmmaking, they've taken again. So that old style Western gunplay right. and put it into video games. Yeah. So there's like yeah. So this happens, and like it, even in the first game, uh, there's a point where he's just fucking juggling two revolvers while he's shooting at you. It's it's just the most insane shit. Um, and so I sent you a GIF here uh, on fucking Facebook. So if you want to pull that up now, and you're gonna see a just fucking little Asian dude, the full outfit doing the fucking gun <laughs> oh, flips, right? Always does all of them. Alright, so here's the thing. You think that's funny, right? But the thing is, is that dude was mocapped by Kojima to do the gun flips. That's the that's the dude that does them like for Revolver Ocelot in the game. 
Like that's like that's him coming back later dressed up like the character and doing him. But I'm like, why does this man have to mocap everything? <laughs> like, <laughs> he's mocap and horses. Everybody's like, getting scanned. He's like like we said with the fucking Death Stranding stuff or the new like his new studio, like anybody that comes over, they're like, We scanned and fucking blah blah blah. Like, um that's just like, bro, what what is your problem? Like, at some point, you got to relax. Every time I see shit like this, I'm like, that's why Konomi fired you. Like, that's why they had to let you go. <laughs> it's, the kind, it's the same sort of thing that that, that you, um, you sort of... Um, you can see why somebody like him or the guys who did 21 Jump Street, you know, Chris Lord and Phil Miller... Or no, sorry. Turn it around, yeah. Switch it, swap it, reverse it. Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Whenever they, whenever they made those movies, it's like you're like, there's genius there, but you just, you, you can't. A company will not run on you taking like 20 takes, on you scanning a horse's, you know, a horse to get it just right. You know, we can't, we don't have time for you to be like, oh, let me put a a hand around somebody's neck as a necktie, and then they light a cigarette, or like, oh, let's scan the cigarette, let's scan the smoke. And it's like, dude, we don't have time for that. We got to keep it going. Like, you can do it, you know. But, you know, and then what ends up happening is that, you know, you run against deadlines and then you get fired and replaced by Ron Howard because you want, you can't, you know, you can't work within the restraints of like a studio filmmaking or video game. Making, right. You know? Yeah. Another, an example, it's not quite the same, but like it, it kind of popped into my head is like uh sports related. Um, like Chip Kelly, when he went to the Eagles, like he instituted all like these crazy fucking practice he's like we got the sports science we got these monitors we got like all this and we're running super hard blah 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 and it's like that's cool for like the first two years and you're like doing really well and then it's like but then everybody starts to hate you because like you're kind of over the top and then your team starts underperforming and now you got to get the fuck out of here dog <laughs> mm-hmm. um so yeah just at some point like it's just too much and the fact that they dealt with him as long as they did is actually kind of impressive <laughs> like he got <laughs> he got through like Seven and a half games. I was going to say, I mean, he had a lot of games, right? Like, all yeah. the Metal Gear Solids, and I think, um, I can't I forget which other one he had. I think he did, like, yeah. a, God, was it, mm, fuck, I can't think of it now. Uh, I can't think of the name of it, but I, I know, it's like a mech Gundam type, uh, suit game. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, he, he made quite a few games, and it's, it's just that last one, bro. Metal Gear Solid Five. he got, like, two-thirds of the way through, and they were like, are you still not fucking done? And he's like, nah, man, I got all this other stuff to do. And they were like, out the door, dog. <laughs> we just fucking can't, bro. We're just going to cut it off right here. The game's not even going to have a real ending. People are going to be mad. We don't care. We just can't do it anymore. <laughs> we, we are not waiting till the end of the season to fire you. You're getting fired mid-season, big dog. <laughs> We're going to have some interims up in here. <laughs> exactly. No. No interim. We're just forfeiting the rest of the games. Bro. That's that's what happened. <laughs> they didn't even bring somebody in to finish the game. They were like, they're like, fuck it, bro. Just call it the end right there. <laughs> just keep it pushing. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, yeah. So, anyways. Metal Gear Solid 2 started. It seems fine. But I just... I, he started doing the gun flips. And then my friend was like, you know he mo-capped the dude to do that? And he sent me that video. He was like, that's the guy. I was like, this motherfucker's out of control. God. All right. So yeah. All right. What else have you been watching? Yeah, I got. Um, so I'll do the two the two movies part of the series first. So um, at the end of March, Godzilla versus Kong, or no, it's, I think it's called like Godzilla X Kong. So like Godzilla and Kong, I mm-hmm. guess is how we would go. Uh, colon the New Empire, or yeah, I think yeah, yeah, um, is coming out. And so I told Sydney, I was like, well, you know, we have like four, three or four months. Let's rewatch all the Monsterverse movies. 
because it had been a minute since we watched them. I know she watched them with me over COVID, and then I hadn't seen uh, Godzilla vs. Kong since it came out in theaters in 2021, and so I was like, yeah, let's start them. So we watched Godzilla 2014 and Kong Skull Island. Um, that one came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. And um, so have you seen either one of these, uh, the Godzilla, the first one with uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson or the Kong movie? No, I have not. I have not. <coughs> I haven't kept up with Okay, yeah, so they're both uh, pretty good. So the part of MonsterVerse, it, it consists of Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, uh, Godzilla King of Monsters, and then Godzilla vs. Kong, and then the upcoming one. So that's, uh, what, four, yeah, four movies. Um, and they're all, they're very different, and I think they're all pretty, they're all, well, I don't really like King of Monsters, but they're all, they're all range from good to pretty good. Okay. So there's no bad ones, but I, th- I, th- I think they're short of having, like, a great, like, Avengers level one, but, um... But anyway, and so I gotta gotta, uh, recant my statement. I did see 2014 Godzilla, and I remember being like slightly annoyed because the I remember the trailers like Brian Cranston's in it, and then like he dies immediately, and I was like, "Yes, oh okay, that's what we're doing." Mm -hmm. It wasn't bad. It was just like it threw me off. Like I was not expecting it. No, yeah, and it sucks because it it will watching it this time. I kept an eye out for that because I was like, "All right, I know he dies," but then I was like, "All right, but where would he have been?" During this, and so, so I'll start with Godzilla um, 2014. So the, the the inciting incident for this one is that there's a big um, nuclear ex- explosion or meltdown in a in a plant in Japan, and Brian Cranston and his family live near the plant, and there's like a meltdown for some reason. There's like something happened, something exploded. There was like something happened, and his wife died, um, and then him his son was um, you know him and his son had to you know move on, but he didn't quite move on. His wife he had to figure out why they did it. Um, and so then it turns out that there was, um, these massive Titans that had been awoken by the, uh, nuclear energy and they had woken right up to the surface and then tried to feed on the nuclear energy. And they'd been there ever since. And then Godzilla came because he's like, no, you can't be up here. We gotta go back down. They, they, they sort of treat Godzilla in these movies as kind of like the protector. He like keeps the Titans. The whole thing is that there's this like world below our world and that's where they stay. And we stay up here. And then anytime that they go up there, he goes up there and brings them down and vice versa kind of thing. He, yeah, you know. so it's like uh, any of those memes where like, ah, the world's healing. That's uh, that's Godzilla coming back every time. Like, he's like, all right, exactly. time, to, time to clean some shit up and bring things back to normal. Right, right. And I think, I want to say that, that they touch on that. I, I, it feels like a vague memory. I think in King of Monsters, they mention it. Like, anywhere where Godzilla's been... Um, you know, vegetation comes back and nature takes it back. And I think that's what they mentioned. Like, uh, mm-hmm. at the end of this one, San Francisco gets taken over, but then it gets taken back by plants and it's like, it becomes like a, 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 a animal sanctuary. I don't know. Anyway, right. um, to talk about the two of them, I'll talk about them quickly just because, um, you know, there's other stuff we can talk about. But Godzilla 2014, the pros of this one is that the director for this one, Gareth Edwards, has a, such a fucking awesome eye for big monster like scope presentation Mm -hmm. um there's these great sequences um where like the first time you see um godzilla roar and it's like there are people at airport and then there's like a long explosion and you see his feet and then he roars or the way that he you know you know he frames the the bad guys they're called mudos um i forget what it stands for but he like puts um he gets it from the perspective of people wearing like goggles and you can see them and you can just hear breathing and stuff. And he has this great sequence where they jump out of like halo planes and they're jumping and there's the smoke and it, it all looks great. It's just that everything that isn't monster related is kind of not great. Like all the human <laughs> stuff, it's like the, it's like, especially when after watching um, Godzilla minus one, you're like, holy shit, this human stuff is 
awful. So, like you said, Brian Cranston dies about a third of the way in, and he's the only person who's like a character, right? He's out there being like, "You killed my wife. <laughs> These things are gonna take us back to the Stone Age, right?" And you're like, "Yes, I'm with you, dude." And then they kill him, and in his place becomes they 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 um put his his son, who's a soldier, and he's just there is like a nothing burger, right? There's like nothing there. He is a guy who disarms bombs. And every time that there's, like, a big set piece, they need to put him in the action. And so they keep thinking of ways that he can do it. So, like, one is, like, well, you know, they attack Honolulu, but the actor happened, or the character happened to be there waiting for a plane. Oh, and then next up, oh, they're transporting a nuclear bomb. Oh, the monster's attack because he's there because he's the nuclear bomb guy. And then they're, like, well, we need somebody to disarm the bomb. And he's, like, well, we're halo jumping. And he's, like, well, I'm a soldier. I got to halo jump with y'all because I got to disarm the bomb. And he's, like, Mm -hmm. and then that way he's in the jump scene. And then at the end, he's there. Um... And so just, and so, like I said, uh, as I was watching it, I was like, well, where would Brian Cranston have been during all this? And the truth is that he wouldn't have been in any of it. He would have been back in the office with Ken Watanabe talking about, you know, just spewing, like, let them fight. Or, like, you know, Titanic is the balance. Like, And it's like, okay. like So as much as I, I do, I agree with you. And I think he would have been awesome if he would have been in it. I'm like, he wouldn't have been out here jumping out of a, Brian Cranston oh, jumping yeah. out of a plane in Heisenberg, right? So I'm like, I guess we don't miss him too much once the action gets going. But it would have been nice for the main character to, I don't know, have, like, half of his, you know, energy or half of his charisma. Um, and just I, so that... And I could be shit. wrong, but I think part of my thing, too, again, just going into it, um, I feel like the trailers and shit were very Brian Cranston heavy. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, you just assume he's going to be, like, a very pivotal, and then he's just, like, kind of gone early, and you're like, all right, like... Um, yeah, well, it's, yeah. Oh, especially, especially, it's clear that when the people got the trailer, the people who made the trailer, they got the clips, and they're like, well, dude, we only got one person acting in this whole fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. We gotta, you know? It's like, what am I gonna use? Elizabeth Olsen going, oh, oh my god, <laughs> right? Because it's like, oh my god. Like, and it's not their fault. Aaron Taylor Johnson, pretty good actor. Elizabeth Olsen, pretty good actress. They're just given nothing to work with here, which is a... Um, which is why it's so frustrating because it's like this movie could be so fucking good. It could be a monster classic because everything else is there. The action fight sequences, it's, they're a little dark, but they look great. The special effects are great. The way that he like introduces Godzilla is that they're on the um, on this beach and the people are on this beach at night. And then all of a sudden the water starts to come away. Like, oh my god. And it treats these monsters like natural disasters. Like, then the fucking tsunami comes. And then he comes out of the water. And it's like, it like there's great eye. The score is awesome. The fight scenes are awesome. There's a sequence where the main guy blows up all the eggs of the evil monster. And then you see the evil monster, like, sort of uh, pushes in or, like, um, like closes in on him and, like, puts his face right up against him, like, this massive face. Mm-hmm. And then you just hear, and then you look over and, like, you see the tail in, the in like, the dark light up. Like, you just see the tail spikes in the, yeah. the thing. And then he blasts and he's like, oh, dude, it looks so cool. And um, it looks great. It sounds great. The way he kills the two monsters is awesome and gnarly. Yeah. But, like I said, every... Everything else, just human stuff falls flat. There's like scenes where he'll be talking to this guy and then they'll just cut and it's pretty obvious that they cut this whole character out and he'll be like, I gotta talk to my wife. And he's like, okay, phone's over there. And then it just cuts to the next sequence and he's like, okay, well, it's just like a lot of little <laughs> stuff like that that, that, that that I think if they would have gotten just one really good writer to give it just one more pass, I think it would have been great. And that's what makes it so frustrating is that this could be one of my all-time favorite like you know, like, um, 
like a John Wick Chapter 4, where, like, it's not a movie that I would say is, like, an all-time great movie movie, but if you're like, what's the, one of the best action movies you've ever seen? Boom, right there. Right. right okay. What's one of the best monster movies you've ever seen? Boom, Godzilla 2014. Like, it's awesome, but it's not, and that's what makes it so frustrating, is because <laughs> it's so close. It's so close. Like, um, it, it got... It fucked up stuff that's, like, the cookie-cutter part of it. Or maybe not the cookie-cutter, but it's, like... Most directors should know how to direct, like, just regular people. You know what I mean? Like, Michael Bay is known because he knows how to direct the action, like, better than anybody else. But, like, you would just assume that you have, like, the basics, like, the foundational basics of, like, characters and getting... You know what I mean? It's like, you you were Mm -hmm. so close, you just fucked up, like, this very basic shit. Like, you got all the cool giant monster shit that's, like, kind of specific and hard to do extremely well. You nailed mm-hmm. that, but then it's like, we're just talking about, like, directing regular people, and you fucked it up, so it's <laughs> Oh, absolutely. It, it's like the, it, it's like, um, it, it's the kind of stuff that people, you know, nowadays they talk about Marvel, and they, you know, they're like, oh, it's a, but it's the kind of stuff that Marvel does in its sleep, and does it so well. Like, even the Marvels, people didn't like that one, I thought it was fun, but all the human stuff, the character stuff there, perfect. In fact, I wanted more of it, because they were doing it so well. I was like, give me ten more minutes of this, because it's so mm-hmm. good. Right, and the movie could have been if it would have been fifteen more minutes of just nice character interactions, I would have loved it even more. I would have liked, I would have probably loved it instead of just liking it. But anyway, and it's that kind of stuff, right? The kind of stuff that nowadays, you know, they take for granted. Um, so Godzilla, it's just, it's just not quite there. Um, but uh, Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, this one's pr- really different. It's a completely different movie. Godzilla twenty fourteen, very grounded, very like horror, almost like a hor- uh, thriller horror movie kind of, but not, not really. But it, it's, it's, it's like. It's hard to, hard to describe. It's like rumbly. It's it's like, you know, a realistic tactile. It's like the Dark Knight of Godzilla movies kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And this one is more of like the Batman Forever of monster movies. Okay. Um, so this one's a lot more fun. And this one has... This 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 cast is insane. Yeah, so, so before I, just, I, I, I just fucking Googled it. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, dude, they got everybody. Samuel L. Jackson, John C. Riley, Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson, uh, Shea Wiggum, uh, John Goodman? I haven't even mentioned John Goodman. They even get Richard Jenkins for, like, a scene. Um, the guy f- who played uh, Dr. Dre in Straight Outta Compton, I forget. I always forget his name. Um, Says uh, Samuel Tom Jackson. Campbell. Yeah, Samuel Jackson. Yeah, every- amazing cast. Stacked. Um, and so this one's a little different. This one takes place during the Vietnam War. And um, John Goodman plays the scientist who's like, we gotta go to this island, you know, because the Russians... They just got these satellite pictures that we got, Skull Island, and we got to go there because whatever's there, we should get there first. And he, what he wants to do is he wants to find out monsters, right? He's like, there's these monsters that live in this world beneath us. So it, it's connected to Godzilla stuff. And it's it's big. It's bright. They play so much 70s, like Vietnam music, like, uh, you know, all the ones that you imagine a, a soundtrack, like the, 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 all the shit from like Forrest Gump and this right. is in it, right? All the yeah. music and stuff. Um and the the action is pretty good. There's like a great fight. It's like during the day, it's bright, um, and it's a lot of fun. And there's a lot, in this one, it, it, there's um, like I said, great action sequences, great kills in it. PG thirteen kills. It's a lot of fun. This one's a lot lighter. Um, the reason I probably don't love this one as much as Godzilla, the, the other one, is just that it feels a little bit uh, like an overcorrection where they were like, well, you know. Um, 
in the other one, we could barely see Kong, and he's trying to treat it, we don't see Kong in full until, like, halfway through, and he has to be big, and in this one, from, like, the opening scene, they're like, boom, here's Kong, right? They're, yeah. they're sort of missing that little extra aura of mystery, because they over, I think they overcorrected a little bit the other way. Um, right. But, um, yeah, I think both are great. I think, I definitely recommend both of them. I think they're both, like, I think just right around two hours, and they're a lot of fun. I think it's so cool to see the cast in Kong Skull Island, because, um, the characters aren't great, right? But they're actually, they actually feel like people. Like, Shea Wiggum is great in it, and Samuel Jackson plays this guy who's, like, kind of indebted to kill Kong. He's awesome. Um, and Tom Hiddleston just plays, like, a natural, you know, he's kind of, I, I, I don't think he's miscast. Well, he's miscast, like, a little bit as, like, an action hero, but he still does a great job, and Brie Larson's nice and, and charming, and, and John C. Riley steals the show. He's awesome in it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think next time, I should... I don't know if I'll have any more of these, but by April, I'll have the other two, which are Godzilla, King of Monsters, which I kind of don't really... I like fine enough. I think that one's... <laughs> and then Godzilla versus Kong, which I think is awesome. I think it's an, it's like the best version of like monsters, big-scale monsters fighting, like even better than like Pacific Rim. Mm, um, okay. but, uh, but yeah, that's Godzilla 2014 and Kong Skull Island 2017. Um, Godzilla... I had... It's weird because they're both Warner Brothers, so I remember seeing them on HBO Max, but Godzilla, I bought on 4K, I already had on 4K, and then Kong Skull Island, I had to rent through, like, Amazon Prime for some reason, and mm. Sydney was like, you didn't check this before? And I was like, no, these are fucking 2017 movies, they just came out, like, they should be available, like, on something, I shouldn't have to rent it, or it was it was kind of a pain to find them to rent them, so... Right. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, those are the two MonsterVerse movies, the first two, and then I'll get to more uh, later. But um, yeah, what else have you been watching or playing? All right, so um, I finished uh, Final Fantasy XII, and then I jumped into one that I assumed would be quicker, uh, which was Spider-Man 2, um, mm-hmm. and I was able to basically start and finish that uh, in the two weeks. Um was pretty good. Uh, I think... I feel like I like the first one more, but... I, Man, we talked about this with uh, Horizon. I don't know how much of it is just mm, because mm-hmm, like it mm-hmm. was such a like new cool thing on the first one. Yep. Yep. Um, whereas this one's like more of the same. Um, right. Exactly. Yep. 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 That's exactly how I felt about it. We're like, I can, I can. If you were like, name something wrong about Horizon Forbidden West, I'd be like, I can't. It's just as good as the first one, but like, it doesn't have that extra like, you know, flash freshness, right? Like, I literally cannot tell, you know. And it's hard because it's like Spider-Man Two is not bad. I can I mean I know people bitch about it about the story online, but I had so much fun. But like you said, it it doesn't have like that that first time you're swinging in Spider-Man One and you're like, whoa, yeah, this is awesome. And it's like I've never done this before. Uh, Um, And and then even uh, like Miles Morales, Spider-Man Miles Morales. I feel like they added enough that it still felt kind of fresh. And this is like a wildly like, um. Oh no, it's very minor, but I feel like it like it's part. It, you do enough of these minor things, and it adds up to be the sum is greater than all of its parts. Um, the like in Miles Morales, you could do it in Spider Man One, but Miles Morales, the like acrobatics through the air are like so much more smooth. You know what I mean? Like as you're doing the stupid tricks and like kind of going around, they're smoother than they are with Peter. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny that it's. I think it's still the case. Like even even in Spider Man Two, like I've noticed. Like I feel like. As you're doing the flips and tricks and shit, like Miles gets through them quicker and like Peter's kind of slower. Um, but either way, um, it's just like, uh, yeah, there's just not as much going on. Um, 
I wasn't crazy about the story. I think. All right, so here's uh, the problem: is like I don't, I don't know why. We could just, we could have just said fuck everything else and just done a Craven game, and I feel mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like we could have spent a little more time, uh, and then it'd be just as good, well, probably better. But like they decided to do the Venom thing, um, and so like there's like that's kind of in the background the whole time. Um, and then, like, when Craven's finally dealt with, spoilers, uh, when Craven's finally dealt with one way or another, um, you're now, like, the Venom thing just kind of pops out front and center very aggressively, and you're like, oh, okay, like, this is, okay, like, and I feel like the Venom thing should have had its own game, because, like, ultimately, the, the solution to the Venom problem feels bad to me, like, like, Oh, Mr. Negative plus Venom equals not Venom. And you're like, oh, okay, right. I'm the not Venom guy. <laughs> I don't know. It just felt very weird to I, me. Like, it felt like you just, they tried to come up with something kind of quick. Um, it's literally the same, it's the same thing that happened to Spider-Man 3. Like, the, the movie Spider-Man 3. Right. Okay. Where I never saw it's very Spider-Man clear 3. Oh, you didn't? You, you, you only watched one and two? Yeah, the Tobey Maguire ones. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. See, I didn't see Spider Man three when it came out, and then I just heard people shit on it, and so I just never watched it. <laughs> oh, it's actually. I mean, looking back, it's like you go like, damn, like it's actually like pretty good, like considering how they make movies now and how movies look then. Like right. then they look like awesome. They look, but um, but anyway, it's a similar thing where like Sam Raimi, he just wanted to do Sandman, and then he wanted to continue the um, Harry Osborn Green Goblin thing um but then the studio was like we gotta put venom in there dude it's spider-man 3 you know and so he he because he's you know a little bit older he's from like the silver age or or silver golden age of spider-man villains so like green goblin sandman um dr octopus and venom is from like the early 90s right it's a very different style of like uh, I don't necessarily want to say edge lord, but like anti-hero right spawn 100 um, yeah spawn deadpool venom survive yeah 100%. And so he didn't quite know how to handle it. He didn't quite know how to do it. And so that's why the movie, the exact same thing happens. The whole movie is Sandman, Sandman, Sandman. Oh, Sandman, he's like the main character arc. And then all of a sudden, at the end, they sort of sideline him, and Venom becomes the main bad guy. It's like the exact same playbook. And it's so interesting that it happened again with this one. <laughs> right. um, but I totally agree with you, right? Um, and I also, kind of like with everybody else I, online, I hate the anti-whatever suits. I hate the doc- anti-Dr. Octopus suits. I hate the anti, what is it, anti-Venom suit. Um, even though the powers are cool. Yeah. Um, somebody was like, next time it's going to be the anti-Green Goblin suit. And I'm like, oh, like, that's annoying. <laughs> I don't, but um, I, I, I for, for some reason, I forgot what the doctor, the anti-Dr. Uh, Octopus suit is. Like, I remember there being a suit, but I don't remember the thing about it. But, like... For me, it wasn't just that it was an anti-venom suit. It was just like, how did we make the anti-venom? Oh, and then it, yeah, never mind. I hate it. Um, he's like, he he loses the suit, and then like, oh, but there's a tiny bit left in you. And then Mister Negative's like, bam! Now it's a whole suit again. Like, but it's oh, different. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, right, right. right. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, why? But like, why thought... did we think that this could happen? Like, why was why was Mister Negative so sure this was the answer, uh, despite zero experience with this? And then it just happened to come out at the right moment. Like, it just mm-hmm. it felt bad. It's like sort of like hand wavy. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's alien magic. Yeah, go go <laughs> yeah. go. On. Um, I did love um two things I loved, mm-hmm. or two things that I thought were awesome. 
was one I really I like I think I mentioned it on here how like in the first one it was like you know it'd be like little fight little fight little fight little fight giant set piece little fight little fight little fight and this one's like little fight giant fucking set piece little fight giant set piece like right like when yeah. you're chasing the lizard through like uh, the west side and you're like right. oh, insane like going up fucking buildings dude and like yeah. shit's exploding and oh and the opener with Sandman insane yep. dude like just like insane shit I was I remember playing it with Sydney I had to pause it I was like Sydney come here watch this like it's insane like you know you get thrown I think as Miles or as uh, Peter and you like fly across the city and you like catch yourself and slingshot yourself back like just yep. insane stuff like all the set all the big gigantic set pieces were awesome um, and then the second thing I liked was I actually liked the Mary Jane scenes and I, I yeah. which was like mind blowing to me because I remember the first time it changes to that I was like oh my god here we go again why lord why are we doing this but I was zapping everybody, dude. I was <laughs> fucking zapping everybody in the neck, even if I didn't need to. It was like, you oh, got yeah. past that guy? No, uh bitch, you're getting zapped. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm a one-man army over here. Like, <laughs> I will not I will not just sneak by. Like, it's... it's they're going to yeah. see a trail of bodies in my wake as Mary Jane walks <laughs> by. Exactly. I mean, even her boss battle at the end, I thought was pretty cool. And it was yeah. nice to, like, be... Feel... You know, like, you could killed right because even at spider-man sometimes i'm like well, i'm a little bit invincible right not right. invincible but it's it, there's no there's not much tension but when it was her against a giant venom monster i was like holy shit this is terrifying right also it's not a main playable character so you like the game could kill that character off in a heartbeat easy exactly like, right in, in, yeah in, right mm-hmm. whereas like it like it, one thing i will say that actually kind of worked for this game in much of the same manner was that like because we have miles and peter like I was like, they they could kill one of them off. Like, there's a scene where one of them might have gotten killed off, and I was like, that would be crazy if they just decided to kill him. Um, they didn't. But, like, the the tension was there because I've literally played as another character already. Like, that... And he can fill in and just finish the rest of the game and it not throw the game off at all. Um, so, it was just like, that, that added a little extra. Like, holy shit, it could... He could just be dead. Um, but yeah, uh, either way, game's pretty solid, nine out of 10, uh, like doesn't, yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. I don't think, um, the, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. I feel like it's a little less custom customized than the mm-hmm. first one. Um, mm-hmm. like I remember in the first one, like there, there's a million suits in all of them. But if I'm not mistaken, in the first one, each of the suits had their own little thing they did. So you'd, like, come up with combos of, like, suits plus other things, and it could change drastically how you played the game. Whereas this, like... the leg ones had the special power that the, 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 like, I, I forgot which one I used. I used the Raimi one. I used the Raimi one for all of them. I love that suit. Yeah. But, yeah, I used to not use the leg ones because I hated using the legs, even though I like the ones with the, um, an Infinity War one. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. Like, and, like... People, like, it, it, like they're gonna add like uh, being able to change the time of the day, which is like you think would would have been kicked in. New game plus apparently is just now coming, so it's like couldn't you have waited? But I guess you don't want to wait if you know you know people are yeah. gonna like it. That's and, a weird yeah. thing to me that has happened recently. Like I remember New Game Plus for the first God of War came out like way later, and I was like, what? Like why? Like. I mean, sure, but, like, why? <laughs> like, New mm-hmm. Game Plus has been a thing for as long as I can remember in any yeah. game. And it's like, it came yeah. out without it, so you're like, oh, it's just not going to have it. And then it's like, 
I, I wish I knew, but I feel like the first God of War got New Game Plus like over a year later, and it might have been two years later, and I just feel like I was like, okay, like that's cool, so I guess I'll go back and play it, but like, I don't know. I don't know why this wasn't here in the beginning. Like, why did it take you so long to figure out you wanted to do that? Um, yeah, just a weird choice. But uh, but yeah, 9 out of 10, solid. Definitely give it a shot. Uh, I finished it in the two-week period. It's not very long, but it's... It's not very long, but it still feels like a full game. It's not like you yeah. finished it and you got shortchanged. You're like, oh, fuck, this game was No, over. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I was so close. I didn't platinum it because I'm literally missing one, and I just gave up on it. But it's the one where you have to fly from the financial district to Astoria. Yeah. I tried that thing, dude, like 10 times, right? Yeah. I even looked it up on YouTube. You know, drop here, fly across the thing, do the, the little wind tunnels, and then... I, I did it like five times and I have not gotten it. So I was like, fuck it, dude. I don't want to stress about it. <laughs> I might wait for them to do the update, like right over like yeah. the, the new game plus in March or April or whatever, and try it then just to say, fuck it. Like, let's do it one more try. But yeah, I was like, nope. That was the last that. one I got. I was like, all right. And I tried it. It took me like five or six tries and then I got it. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I kept trying it and I was like, oh, nothing. Oh, I was like, oh, maybe they mean like Astoria to Financial District. So I went from Astoria to the Financial District. Nope. So whatever. Yeah. Um, later. Yeah, the other thing, the one of the things I tried was, um, the the most devastating one was like the third try. I was like, I I made it, but I was using like the uh, the air sprint and air jump, and it didn't count. And I was like, son of a bitch, like, <laughs> so I can't <laughs> use those either. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, really fun game. Uh, if you're in, into like hundred percenting or platinum games this one's a pretty easy one uh, i got most of them naturally playing but uh but yeah definitely yeah, same. check it out yeah and there's some easy ones like the um what's it called like visit this person's grave and it's like yeah. oh, okay that's easy enough yeah yeah so uh so that was that all right what else you got cool, cool. yeah i got uh two um very different movies but i think they're both set you know in the early 20th century one i rewatched titanic again um uh, they had it you know, last year they played it for Valentine's Day. They had it in theaters like nationwide, and then this year the local theater here in Chapel Hill, Silver Spot, they had like a running, an ongoing series. I think every Sunday and Wednesday they have older movies as a part of their like flashback series. Mm-hmm. So they've had like I think they had Casablanca and they had like Out of Africa, and then um, last Sunday or I think the Sunday before they had Titanic. Um, and also there was a friend who I'd been talking to about watching because they just, you know the 4K just came out. I got it and I was like. You know, you and your wife gotta come over and watch it. And then when I saw that, I was like, "Dude, you, he's never he'd never seen it." So I was like, "We gotta we gotta correct that. You gotta come over, or we gotta come to the theater. We gotta watch it." Um, and I've seen it not as much times as like Mean Girls or Spider Man or um, The Matrix, but still plenty of times where like I remember I remember Gun most Maverick. scenes. Or oh, Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> right, right. Where I remember most scenes, um, and. It was so great, dude. It's the kind of movie you just like. You're watching it, dude, and you're just like, they really don't make them like this anymore, man. Just gigantic in scale, gigantic in emotions. But then even the little things. I was telling uh, Sydney, I was like, the little things I noticed this, you know, this time are just like simple things. Like there's a lot of point. There's not a, you know, a good number of uh, point of view angles where like you know somebody's going down a hallway and then the camera's sort of from their perspective and then you know they're going up you see them walking up to like some stairs they like pan up and then like leo dicaprio's character jack dawson is like looking directly into the camera and being like you know you want to come to this party right that or um you know walk you know staring 
down at the water or, you know, or um, people looking into the camera being like, you know, yeah, that, that's me. And then it cuts to something else. Yeah. Um, like, stuff like that. You're like, that's really interesting that they do that. And then close-ups. My God. There's, like, close-ups to, like, Jack and Rose, like, holding hands, like, when they first meet. And then later on, when they're doing the Titanic pose, you see their close-ups. Close-up of eyes. Close-up of keys. Of, like, just, just little things that put you there. That directors these days, they just don't... They're just like, all right, shot, shoulder over shoulder. All right, let's move on. Let's, let's keep going, right? Right. Um, but uh, that's what I noticed this time. But, yeah, just incredible dude. Like, just gigantic budget. Everything looks so expensive. Like, the action is... Incredible, like, like I've said, I think the last time when I talked about it last year, there's, like, shots where it's, it's like, a long, it's, like, a take that pans. It, it, it's, like, where the ship is half, half sunken, and it goes from where the water's hitting, like, the, 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 where the water's sort of starting to fill up, like, halfway, and it pans from there all the way to, um, like, the, 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 the stern, where, and you see people just, like, hundreds of people running and jumping and just, like, all in one long shot, just insane stuff that even today i think would be mind-blowing um and then of course the big emotional stuff is great so um yeah i think if you've never seen titanic if you're listening to this you've never seen it like do yourself a favor like it's it's a it's a five out of five like i cannot recommend this enough um it's it's like it's i don't think it's i don't think it's james cameron's best um i think some people prefer like terminator 2 or terminator 1 or even aliens but i think this is his this is my favorite of his easily Um, but, uh, yes, that's Titanic. And then, um, yeah, they, I don't think they'll, I can't imagine that they'll put it back in theater since they just did that last year, but I'm sure it's, you know, it's on 4K, it's rentable, it's on, you know, right. it usually hops around from HBO Max to Netflix to, you know, Amazon Prime, so it, it's bound to be on one of those. If I had to guess, I'd probably say it's on Paramount Plus currently, but, um, but, uh, it's pretty, oh yeah, and it, well... If you're listening to this, it'll be December, not December, sorry, February 15th, so Valentine's Day will be over. But it's definitely a great Valentine's Day weekend watch. Mm-hmm. I definitely recommend it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's Titanic, 5 out of 5, 10 out of 10, 5 stars, whatever you want to rank it. It's all time, all time. Um, so that's one movie. And then the other movie is um, an Oscar movie from this year called, or an Oscar nominated movie called The Zone of Interest. So have you heard of this one at all? I'm Apart not. from like when we talked about it last week? Um, so this is the newest movie by Jonathan Glazer, and he hasn't done that many movies before. I think he's only done three. He did, um, a movie called Sexy Beast, Birth, and then a movie with Scarlett Johansson about 10 years ago called Under the Skin. And then this is his first one since then. And so this is very, this is nominated for, I think, like five or six Oscars, including, uh, director and picture. And this is a very interesting movie to talk about. So the movie's basically... It's about the commander at um, a concentration camp, him and his family living, pretty much, ne- they're living next door to the camp, and just, like, living their lives there. And the movie's just kind of like a, sort of like a fly-on-the-wall kind of uh, view of it, right? It's kind of experimental. There's no, it's in, you know, it's in German, there's no, there's hardly any plot, there's hardly any character development. All it is is just them living their lives but the one thing that is constant throughout the whole thing is that you can hear the sound design is incredible. You hear everything, right? So you're outside and they're they're talking about some bullshit about their, their flowers or about their pool. And you can just hear like screams. But it's not like it's not like sort of uh, cheap like Halloween like right. overlay. It's like very like distinct interlaced sort of like very distant like. 
and then like gunshots, but like very, some of them are like loud, some of them are very subtle, where it's just like, like that, right. just like throughout the whole movie, at night, during the day, when they're, and it's basically anytime that they're in near the house, even when they're inside the house, very faintly, dude, you can hear just like, like, like gunshots, like, like screams, yeah. cries, like horrifying shit, um, and then at nights, outside of the windows, they don't pay attention to it, but like the sky is orange from the furnaces, and so it's just like the, it, it's incredible, and it's such an interesting movie because I don't think I, I, I don't know how anybody could give it a negative review because it, it's it's so matter of fact, and I, I can't imagine it, it. There is it basically goes. It tells you, you know, you, if you are ne- living next to this, you are complicit in this crime that's going on if you are just living and you can hear the screams and you do nothing. But it, it's so devoid of any kind of emotionality, like smaltiness, like like melodrama, um, or even authentic drama, like something like Schindler's List. It, it, it doesn't put you in any kind of perspective, but you're just there. You're just like, the movie goes, here, here's the thing that's happening. You're going to feel an emotion, but we're not giving you that emotion ourselves. You just are getting that just from being there. And it's so interesting. Right. And, and I think this past weekend, it made, it, you know, it made a, it had a pretty good box office draw, you know, primarily because of it was nominated for an Oscar or for, for a bunch of the big Oscars. But, um, yeah, it's heavy, heavy shit in, in the ending, I think is an all timer. It's like up there with like Oppenheimer's ending or Killers of the Flower Moon's ending, um, we're like, you come out of all three of those this year. I think yeah, it's just it's just like the year of like supreme downer and great, but downer endings like yeah. Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Iron Claw, and now this one. You just come out, and you're just like, oh, fuck, man. Okay, wow. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's uh, the Zone of Interest. Definitely recommend it if you're trying to you know check off all the Oscar movies. It's uh, worth your time. Awesome. Yeah, sounds interesting. Sounds like a all right, so what you explained was very different than what I expected when I Googled it when you first mentioned it, and it said the the commander of Auschwitz, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and then you're like, it's not like that. Like, it is, it is, uh, it, it is critical, it is central to the plot, but it's like not just a movie about a concentration camp. Um, right, yes, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it definitely sounds like a, a new take on like what you can do with that kind of thing and, and getting a message across that way. Right, right. And it's so exact, like just the way the camera moves. And it's like, I I don't want to say it's cold, but it's just like very precise. Like the camera moves with these people and it pans and it turns and it cuts exactly at the right times. And then um, there's, like I said, the ending, like when something happens at the end, dude, and you're just like, holy shit, are they going to do that? And then it cuts, does that. And then it, it I, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's, all time, um, like ending shit where you're it like puts a bow on it, and you're like, wow, that's heavy duty shit, yeah, yeah, all right, um, but yeah, but uh, yeah, what else uh, have you been uh, getting into? Uh, finished, I uh, mentioned Chainsaw Man last time, finished the right, the, right, you said that it was kind of like, eh, like, mm. yeah, the finished the first season of that, um. Uh, it definitely gets better, I will say. Uh, it definitely gets better. There's, like, um, shit kind of starts going nuts at the end, and it becomes less like a minor story, I guess. Uh, the stakes, you know, begin to grow. Um, but pretty good. Uh, the, the animation is very weird to, to get across, and, uh, it's, like, not bad. It's just... 
I don't know, something about it, it, it seems slightly off to me. Like, it almost seems cell-shaded in parts, but not quite. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a very weird show. Honestly, ultimately, it's just a super weird show. Uh, but pretty good. Uh, finished it. You know, there's... <laughs> I think... Do you... Oh, go ahead. I was saying, do you, do you feel like you probably recommend it? You know, because I know last time you were like, well, there's other stuff, I don't know. But now this time, do you think it's... it? It sort of wrapped up this first season where you'd be like, you know what? I actually would be able to recommend it. Or you kind of like the same, like, eh, there's just like... Man, all right, here's the thing. Better things I, it, I could... All right, hold on. Let's see how I want to word this. I could... Demon Slayer, I feel like... Uh, Demon Slayer, My Hero Academia. Um, I, I would feel comfortable recommending those to anybody that's willing to watch them. Um, hmm. Uh, there's some older ones, Cowboy Bebop. Like I'd feel pretty comfortable recommending to anybody. Samurai mm-hmm. Champloo, same thing. Um, mm-hmm. This one mm-hmm. is, is like I would feel comfortable recommending it to someone, but I'm gonna have to know who I'm recommending it to. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's like if you know a dude that's super into horror movies, but like there's like a B plus horror movie, they would be super into it. But like you're not gonna just go around recommending that to everybody. Um, cause there's right. other stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. There's probably a group of people that would like it. There's probably another group of people that's a larger majority that are going to see things in it and they're going to be like, this is just weird. And like, it's going to kind of put them off. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's no, yeah, good for what that. it is, yeah. but I just don't think it's like a, it's not a crowd pleaser. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's got its own little niche of people that it's working for. Yeah. I feel like it would be kind of like, um... You know, if somebody, like you said, like the horror movie thing, like if somebody was like, hey, would you, which one should I watch? I would always recommend something like Talk to Me because I think it's much more introductory. It is scary, but it's much more, um, you know, it, it, it's like, yeah, I think a lay person would probably like it a little bit more than something like Evil Dead Rise or, um, I'm trying to think of another one that I watched recently, last year. Um, yeah, like Evil Dead Rise, where it's just like more like, it's like gory. Like you, you like that one because you're kind of like more like a gore hound or like, you know, you like the, the, the more comedic aspects of, of, of comedy or, like, the way that they connect with each other more than, like, a very simple, straightforward, really great horror movie like um, Talk To Me. Right. Exactly. Um, God, what was the... All right, another good... Uh... All right, I think another good example is in, is uh, slightly different but same idea is that, like... Um... Was it last year? What won the Oscar for best movie last year? Um, Everything Everywhere All okay, at Once. That, okay, so it is last year. So, Everything Everywhere All at Once, I feel like I can recommend to any and everybody. Banshees mm-hmm. of Inisherin, which I love, mm-hmm. I, I feel like mm-hmm. is a much wider audience than Chainsaw Man. But ultimately still, like, if you, if you gave me a random person on the street and you were like, recommend one of these two movies to them... A random person I've never met or spoke to before, I'm going to just say everything everywhere all at once. I feel like it's just like, oh, mm-hmm, there's funny mm-hmm. bits, there's action, it's, you know, like, you know what I mean? It's not slow, there's not weird shit going on, like, there you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's mm-hmm. kind of no, the yeah, idea. Yep. That, yeah, that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what I would say, yeah. Um, so yeah, Chainsaw Man, pretty good. Uh, the, I think we said or found that it was a movie for season two. Um, oh, yes, yes, yeah. I think you sent, that might have been the one you sent me. Um, but yeah, I remember you sent me one and we talked about another one, but yeah, it was just, I, that's wild. Um, they're all just fucking movies now, but, uh, but yeah, so I don't, I'll probably keep up with it when it comes out, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Nice. So, 
So that's a chainsaw man. Um, cool. I will actually, and I'll just go ahead and hit my my other one. Um, okay. Tekken Eight uh, just came out recently. Uh, we talked about how this was kind of like the gold. Not, I don't. I don't want to say golden age of fighting games because it was already like back in like '08 was considered like a pretty good time for him. Um, Probably like a renaissance, kind of? Yeah, yeah. Okay, 08 was really, like, 08, 09 was really strong, and then it kind of, like, fell off for, like, a big chunk of the 2010s, and then, like, now, like, all the games are putting out good versions of their game. Um, Tekken 8's no different, really solid. Um, <laughs> uh, people are going through the customer character, uh, the customer care. okay, character customization. Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and doing, you know, wonky shit with it. That's kind of funny. Um, you showed me the one where they dressed up King in a Batista outfit. And I was like, that's incredible. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> and then I sent, did I send you mm-hmm. the one with the uh, Dudley Brothers? <laughs> yeah. That shit's incredible. Um, so, you know, there's fun, there's stuff that looks cool, stuff that's goofy. But that's kind of always been the identity of the game. Um, new characters that they brought in are cool. Story's pretty decent. Um, it's as decent as it can be for a game like this. Um, Tekken, you know, one through six were like kind of goofy and then like Tekken seven and eight were like, all right, well, like we, we're just going to like simmer down a little bit and, and make an actual story. Um, cause I feel like I talked to you where it's like Tekken one is fucking Heiachi throws, uh, his son into the volcano and then like later his son throws him in the volcano and then Tekken yep. two mm-hmm. is like he yep. lived and he throws his son back in the volcano. It's a whole fucking deal. Um, which, by the way, Tekken 8 has a section where they, where they, uh, it's eight different, or seven different little clips, and it's like, Tekken, Tekken 2, and it just goes over the basics of the story of what is still relevant to what's happening now, and my favorite part is it shows them, like, it's, a uh, it's black and white, like, hand-drawn, kind of like the way, uh, Ghost of Tsushima shit was drawn, like, you know what I'm talking about, like, the real heavy, just black, when it would show, like, this armor was a spirit oh, that yes, saved, yes, yes. like, that kind of drawing. It, it's yeah, kind of mm-hmm. like that. Um, yes, yes, yes. So, but it shows, like, and it's got slight movement. Like, he, kind of like that one. Like, he, it shows Heiachi at the top of the cliff and Kazuya at the bottom, like, looking up from behind Kazuya up at him on the cliff. And he's, like, falling. And it's like, ah. And, but what kills me is it's clearly the same drawing just with slight differences each time. Like, Heiachi <laughs> has hair, like, on the sides but not on top, and then Kazuya's hair is, like, all on the top. So it's like, you see the one, and it's like, ah, and then when he comes back, it's like, ah, but you see, like, the hair is different on the guy standing at the top and the guy that's falling down. <laughs> like, and then, like, the, in Tekken 2 starts, it's the same thing, but it's, like, back to the old one. But what's funny is that, like, the, I sent it to my friend, the... The first guy getting thrown off the cliff of it's Heiachi throwing Kazuya off the cliff in Tekken One. Tekken mm-hmm. Three is or Tekken Two is also Heiachi throwing Kazuya off the cliff. And if you look at it, it's like ninety nine percent the same, but they still made changes. And it's like I don't even know why. Like I don't know that anybody would notice unless you're looking them up like side by side. But like clearly they use the same frame and then just made like tiny little changes to it. And it's they just, just like they're like we already got the money. We don't we already <laughs> spend the money. We don't have to. <laughs> keep trying at this and it's like it just felt very like tongue-in-cheek like they were like we Mm -hmm. know this is ridiculous and we're moving past it but um but yeah uh i mean why would we you know we already spent the money why would we spend even more (laughs) um so yeah but tekken 8 really solid it's fun uh i've been playing as king uh just because he's a professional wrestler and all Mm -hmm. this shit's hype um 
You saw, no, King was my go-to. I used to play Tekken 4 on the arcade. Yeah. Because I was... What, 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 that was like... <sighs> Christ. 2003? I think that was like the prim. I remember we would go to Time Out at Randolph yep. Mall, and it'd be like the that was like when you walk in. This that was the newest premiere like yep. arcade was Tekken Four. Yeah, um, I remember going like there was, and shitting on like five or six people in a row and thinking I was like, "Damn, I'm killing it!" But it was just because I was using Eddie Gordo and nobody knows how to deal with him. Like, <laughs> and so I was just fucking like spinning around, kicking the shit out of people. Um, but yeah, that killed me. Uh, but yeah, uh, King. <laughs> another thing about Tekken is. Uh, this one is, they've made this one a great point to get into Tekken, uh, just like Street Fighter actually did with theirs. Um, you know, there's there's a whole lot of tools to, like, if you really want to get better at the game, like, they, they help you, they show you things, um, as opposed to just assuming that you know. Especially because Tekken's considered, like, a legacy title, which is that, um, you know, things will change in Street Fighter's uh, year to year like they'll stay there, or there are similarities but they still change a lot Tekken mm-hmm. is like the same up to a certain point like if you are the best fucking king player in Tekken 7 when Tekken comes out you're probably gonna be the best king player um mm-hmm. there's a lot like a lot of your skills transfer game to game um mm-hmm. for example like king's move list has like 180 different moves and it's like you don't you don't need most of them, but like if you've been playing Tekken for fucking five, like you know since Tekken four, you've had 150 of these moves every year, like every year, so you know mm-hmm. everything. Um, but the best thing about King specifically is that his his move list is like 180 moves, and like it feels like 60 of them are different fucking like wrestling slams and shit. And like, so it's just suplexes. It's, yeah. And like shit and... doing suplexes, air power bombs, like the fucking giant swing where you like grab them by their legs and just fucking spin mm, and toss mm-hmm, them across mm-hmm. the ring. Um, DDT's RKO's like, it's, it's fucking incredible. <laughs> uh, and I, it just feels so hype. Like when I'm playing online and I'm just fucking like fucking power bomb somebody. And then I hit him with the tombstone pile driver and then I hit him with the fucking pedigree. It's just like, it's so out of control. Um, but it's really fun. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, definitely if fighting games are anything you're into, Tekken's a solid one to play. Nice. Um. Well, like so- you said, I'm glad it lived up, like, in, you know, that the, the we're in this renaissance where we're not, you know, that everybody's sort of competing against each other and being like, no, Street, you know, we gotta get Street Fighter to be better than Tekken, and then, you know, now we gotta be get, make sure to make Mortal Kombat is better than Tekken and Street Fighter, so it's nice that... You know, it's kind of like Sonic fans, you know? Yeah. Street, you know, fighting game fans are eating good. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, because competition in fighting games is super... Competition in anything is super great because it requires each person to be unique or make their stamp on, on what they're doing. Um, and when that doesn't happen, you know, you get kind of stagnant and then you kind of act like a shithead and, uh, you know... You realize you're the only person that can do something. Crunchy roll. Um, and then you decide to <laughs> fucking raise your subscription yearly for like double. That was mm-hmm. the that was the most heinous shit you sent me. So just for reference, Crunchyroll was like an anime streaming site. Funimation was another one. Funimation got bought by Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll is basically the only one that's like widely accessible. Um, and it was like fifty five dollars a year for a subscription, which is not bad. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, all these places are, like, raising their subscription prices, but they're raising them, like, 
four dollars. Like this shit, they're, they're doubling it. It's going from fifty five to a hundred, and I'm just like, that's wild to me. <laughs> Insane. I mean, it's 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 another example. The classic rental car at the airport. It's yeah, like, hey, man, you can't you can't double our prices. It's like. Okay, all right. Well, what, what you know, like, what are you gonna do? Not watch your anime? I mean, I guess you can pirate it, but like, yeah. Well, also the answer is uh, correct. I will not watch the like. I'm gonna fucking binge as much as I can in this year, and when it fucking switches over to January first and it's double, I'm gonna be like, all right, peace out. It was nice knowing right. y'all. <laughs> like, it's been a long day. <laughs> you're, you're, you're going one way, tech, you know. <laughs> Crunchyroll's going the other way down the highway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's me. That's me leaving in the dust. Um yeah, so that was just wild. All right, so what else you got? <clears throat> yeah, I'll just wrap up the last two. I got um two romantic comedies. Well, one's one's romantic comedy, one's like just a romance drama thing. Um but I'll do them quick. One's called Begin Again with Mark Ruffalo, Kira Knightley. It's really um charming. It's about a musician just trying to record an album in New York and it's uh, really cool. And the other one is Anyone But You um, with uh, Glenn Powell from Top Gun Maverick. He played... God, what was it? He played the asshole pilot whose name okay. the, I cannot the, remember. The most masculine looking human you've ever seen in your life with the giant... Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, what was his name? Hangman. Yeah, he played okay, Hangman because yeah. he left his people hang, hanging. Um, and then uh, Sidney Sweeney. And so there, um, it's kind of like, uh, it's a modern retelling of a Shakespeare play called Much Ado About Nothing. And so it's charming, you know, it's kind of classic, you know, it's like She's the Man or any other one like that where they're like, will they, won't they, and at the end they do. Um, but it's done really well and the characters are really charming. Um, and it actually, it came out December 22nd and it's still like holding insanely well. Like it's, it made 6 million on its opening weekend and now i think it's up to like 80 something so it's made i think like 13 or 14 times its opening weekend which is unheard of like most times a movie opens and i think the average multiplier i think they call it is like 2.5 to 4 so basically 2.5 times your opening weekend or 4 if you have great legs like something like um top gun maverick opened to like i think 125 and ended up at like 710 what is that for? Like five or six multiplier, which mm-hmm. is kind of crazy to hear. So this is holding insanely well. Um, and I think they're bringing it back for Valentine's with like extra bloopers at the end. Um, but just the fact that it's still playing in theaters. I mean, when we went, um, there were three of us in, the, in, in our row. and But then behind us, there was like five or six. And then the last row, they were like, you know, like three or four. So it's still like, you know, people, you know, the people want romantic comedies in theaters. And this is the only one. So um, it's holding pretty well. Uh, but I definitely recommend it. Um, it's in theaters anyone but you charming uh, fun time but uh, yeah that's all I've been watching this week um, so you mentioned uh, what was the first one you said just now the, the for, uh, begin again uh, begin again yeah all right, so you you mentioned uh, Mark Ruffalo's in it and I was thinking about the fact that uh, the movie with Emma Stone you said he was in oh right? poor things poor yep. things mm-hmm. you're like he's acting his ass off and I was like damn he's in oh, this he's movie so good, too yeah. he's like popping up kind of more frequently uh, but mm-hmm. it made all it made me think about is that uh I just saw that, like, something about the Fantastic Four, and they have, like, it looks like Pedro Pascal. Uh, and I'm like, this motherfucker never stops, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> Pedro Pascal's with, like, everything. Uh, I don't understand. Um, he's like, and in, in, in not just in everything, but, like, every, like, nerd property. Um, right. You know, he's right. in uh, Game of Thrones. He's in Star Wars. He's in The Last of Us. He is not going to be in Fantastic Four. He's going to be in the MCU. Um, I can't, there was one more thing that he's in, but I'm, but he's also being cast in like real actual, like adult movies. I think he's going to be like in the next movie by the lady who did, um, 
uh, past lives. So I'm like, okay, good, good. He's not just like, you know, sort of pulling a Chris Pratt and just doing these movies. He's actually going like, you know what? No, I need to do like actual real human movies. Oh, uh, The Rock, right? He's not just being like The Rock. He's like, nobody wants to see Pedro Pascal lose. I gotta be in these easy movies. Right. Although that bitch is gonna lose big time in The Last of Us 2, so. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) So, you should have thought about that before you joined if you wanted to be The Rock. You thought that was cool, but you're gonna be... You you should have hoped they just stopped the season one, big dog. <laughs> Limited Get ready series. to learn nine iron, buddy. <laughs> oh shit, that's a hole in one. Um, God damn, that's so hateful. Uh, <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, the other thing too is that even uh, like Chris Pratt or The Rock, and maybe maybe I'm just maybe I'm wrong, but like even them. As they were popping up in a lot of stuff, I just feel like this motherfucker's like, I'm, the quantity is outrageous to me. Not even just that he's like in all these like big name ones. It's just like, how are you doing this? Like, I feel like you're in a fucking movie every year and I don't understand how. Like, I, you're in a movie or a show every single year and I'm thinking like, you know, Tom Cruise is fucking in one of those movies every fucking three you know what I mean? Leo DiCaprio yeah, yeah, does, yeah. like, a movie every other year. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, I don't know how It's more it. of, like, an event, but some people are just, like, in them all the time. And you're like, damn, do you... I mean, Samuel Jackson's a little bit kind of like that, you know? Yeah. Um, you, you know, but the nice thing about Samuel L. is that he never, never phoned in, right? Like, even right. for something like Kong Skull Island, he is... That's, you know, you're... We don't... Like, there's nobody up and coming who is like that. I mean, there's... There's a few that I'd like that are smaller, but, you know, there's not, like, a guy like him who, like, he's in a movie, you know you're in for a good time. Like, he's not going to phone it in. There's not going to be, like, a lazy rating. He's going to be in there being like, Kong, I'm going to fuck you up, right? <laughs> like, right. he's exactly. giving it his all. Um, so even though, like you said, you know, he's Samuel L. Jackson for a while there, he was, like, in a movie every year, even, like, not some not great ones, like in Kingsman or um, or even Kong, Island, which is, you know, fine. Um, snakes on a plane. Sinks on a plane, right? Right, but he's all you know. But he's still in something like Django, and not not just being in Django, but like I think he should have won the Oscar over Christoph Waltz on it. He's fantastic in that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, uh, but yeah. I just I saw Pedro Pascal, and I was like, yeah, this this man's got to be stopped. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't know. He's he's trying to be the highest paid actor of all time, clearly, because he's in fucking fifteen projects at, at once. Um, right. But yeah. Uh, so that's that's what you watch. You want to touch on uh, the Grammys you've got here? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just wrap it up before we wrap up the show. Um, the Grammys were this past weekend. Um, you know, um, I think I was talking to a friend about how there is the uh, well, Midnight's by Taylor Swift won album of the year, and um, I think it's on the bottom half of our albums and it won album of the year so it's kind of one of those like it feels like they're just going through the motions but it's like no you, you actually you know you can pick other ones and you can you don't have to pick this one just because it's the biggest album of the year you can pick other ones um but anyway so i was telling a friend i was like it seems like between this and all the other awards it feels like the biggest discrepancy in terms of or the biggest gap right like the the, the gap between the oscars no, between the Grammys and, like, the MTV Video Music Awards is smaller than the gap between, like, the Oscars and the MTV Movie Awards, right? Mm-hmm. Where, like, I feel like 
there might be some overlap, like something like Top Gun Maverick, but for the most part, they sort of go, well, there's, like, popular stuff, and then there's, like, actual, like, artistically creative stuff, and sometimes there's overlap. Um, But I feel like with I mean, it's the reason we understand what Oscar bait means. You know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Nobody's like, this is Grammy bait. Um, (laughs) Exactly, right, right, because there is no sort of Grammy bait, right? It's just, like, make something popular, right? There is no... It, music is the hardest one to sort of go. This is the the bet like the, the fancy version of it, right? There's no what is it the one with the most sound? Like that's not true, you know. Is it the one with the most producers? Not really, because Billie Eilish won a couple years ago, and it's just her and her brother like at home, and mm-hmm. she won an album of the year a couple years ago. So I think that's good, and I mean it's it's good and bad because it ends up being sort of a popularity contest, kind of like with Midnight, and it's good because then sometimes you have something like Billie Eilish coming out from nowhere, winning album of the year. And Best New Artist and Song of the Year all in the same year, right? Rookie and the Vet, or not, MVP and Rookie of the Year in the same year. And that doesn't really happen with movies, right? Like, unless you're, like, everything everywhere all at once, which is, like, a once time, like, once every ten years kind of movie. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't happen like that. So, there are some good things like that. But then, like, for the most part, like I said, it just becomes this thing where it's like, well, which, which album had the most plays this year? That one, right? And you go, well, no, but there's, like, other stuff out there that, that was really creative or, or um, really well done. And, mm-hmm. you know, like the year they, they, they didn't nominate Twisted Fantasy for Album of the Year. They just did, you know, Rap Album of the Year. And it's like, but they did nominate Donda a couple of years ago. And it's like, I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> what is going on here, right? So, I, 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 I am very much, the, the Grammys are the ones I put the least weight on. Like, it's like yeah. one of those where like, yeah. oh, cool. Um, Kendrick has a bunch of Grammys. Or like, oh, cool. Um... Who's an artist that I like that got one this year? Uh, SZA won three. Neat. She has Grammys. Awesome. Cool. But then if they don't win, I'm like, oh, no, they lost. Whereas, you know, for the Oscars, I think people are always like, well, the Oscars don't really matter. And I'm I'm very squarely in the middle in that they simultaneously do not and they simultaneously do. Yeah. I think they uh, don't. It's how I feel about rings and sports. Like, I know, like, they mm-hmm, are, mm-hmm. they're not the end-all, be-all, um, but... Dan Marino doesn't have a ring, but I can tell you, like, you look at his stats compared to other quarterbacks at the time, like, he's fucking out of control. He's, he's up yeah, there. Yeah, right. You know he's, like, I mean? one of the all-time greats. Yeah, but, like, he, he probably played better in 1984 than I think everybody played this year. Right, exactly. Or he had better stats, at least. Um, yeah. Exactly. And so, you have that. But then also, like, if we're comparing things that are close, uh, you know, like, you're comparing Joe Montana or Tom Brady, it, it's... Those fucking rings that up, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, exactly. So that's where it is. Like the the Oscars, it's like, uh, God, the best example. Uh, what's his face? Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. The the thing was like he didn't have an Oscar, but like everyone was like, there's no way he shouldn't have an Oscar. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. nobody was like, oh, I don't know, he's never won an Oscar, but like it it still was like a big deal that he finally got one. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it's the same with. Um, like, if he had never gotten one, people would, like, Harrison Ford has never gotten one, John Goodman never has one, but everybody goes, hey, Ringless, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Celtic Shack, oh, it's John Goodman, Celtic Shack, right, <laughs> they, um, I, I think they, they matter, or they, they don't matter because there are hundreds of actors, hundreds of movies that never got even close to the Oscars that will be remembered far beyond after we're gone, mm-hmm. something like Ghostbusters, um, Fight Club, um... I'm trying to think of other ones that are, like, big like that. Um, 
Shrek 2? I, I, I'm right. sure it was nominated for Best Animated Movie. Um, but they're Tom, uh, <laughs> Tommy Boy, which I fucking love. Uh, you know, like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, like these movies that people will remember forever and ever and ever that will never be nominated. Actors, right? They'll never be nominated. Like I said, you know, uh, uh, Harrison Ford. Look, uh, I guess I don't know for sure. I could be wrong, but I'm just going to assume like any of the Will Ferrell movies. Right, exactly. Yeah, Anchorman. Yeah. Um, uh, Talladega Nights, the other guys. Like none of those, yeah. So they don't matter because ultimately... You know, art is what you want, and so like if you remember those movies forever, they'll be with like you know Spider Man One. I'm not I'm sure there's nominated for visual effects, but like Mean Girls, right? You'll you remember those movies forever. You remember where they were, where you were when you watched them. So they don't, the Oscars don't matter. They won't give it an extra weight. They do matter though, in that they give weight to up and coming actors, right, and directors. So like if it's a small time director, you know, if if Jordan Peele, he can forever make whatever he wants because he was, here's my Oscar for best original screenplay. Give me a chance to write this story, right? Right. So that matters because people can then go, well, look, there's the Oscar, right? You could quantitate the unquantitative, which is art, right? You go, right. numbers are a gold statue, right? Or even something like I said with the zone of interest, dude, this experimental movie in German about Nazis, you know, classic A grade Oscar bait, but it has a spike because people go, well, which one's nominated for Best Pictures? Well, you know, these two are streaming. I've already seen these four. The Zone of Interest, let me see. Oh, that's playing this Sunday. Well, you know, let's be in the know. Let's be, you know, critical. Let's be, you know. Yeah. Uh, there are good people who want patrons. to make sure they see the, all the Best Picture nominations every year. And so right, that, exactly. ends up, that ends up in there. That's a movie they never would have seen. And then maybe more people see it. And then that director has more leash to, to go on to Precisely. other projects. Exactly. Oh, it's like so, uh, it's like fucking what is it? Uh, John Krasinski. They always make fun of him because he does the fucking CIA army movies, and then like oh, yeah. gets mm-hmm. to actually do the movies he wants to do. It's like, mm-hmm. exactly yeah. right, right, yeah, exactly. It's the same, yeah, yeah. So any chance that you get to go, this movie made more money. I have these nominations, right? Celine Song. She already has her next movie. She's the writer director of Past Lives. She already has her next movie lined up with I think Chris. Or she, it's going to be Chris Evans, Pedro Pascal. And I forget the female actress. But if the movie doesn't get this push later on, like, there's no way to know, right? But is she still fighting to get money for that, right? right? Is she fighting to get that? But then now she can go, two Oscar nominations for picture and writer. Let me get this rolling, right? Yeah. Um. So I, I, I think, you, you know, it, it, and it doesn't always work, right? People win Oscars and then they disappear. Or they win Oscars... And then, like, Ariana DeBois, um, she won for West Side Story, I think, two years ago. And she's only, she hasn't been in that many movies, but it doesn't always work. But, it, for the most part, it often does. And so that's why I think I'm right in the middle. I think it, it, it I think people who, who fall either way, I think, are sort of not thinking as broadly as they could because they go, well, they don't matter. They're just stupid awards. They're just, it's just actors up there, you know, jerking each other off about how great they are. And it's like, well... <laughs> a little bit, but... <laughs> a little bit, yes. But in the in the grand scheme of things... These things matter to make sure that something funds art. Like it's not like the fucking government's funding the art, so we need some sort of way to get money into people who know what the fuck they're doing. But right. then again, like I said, they don't because Dumb and Dumber <laughs> is not where anywhere near Oscars. But people watch it every year, or they love it, and they know right. the references, and it lives with them forever. So, um, yeah. But anyway, back to the Grammys. I think the Grammys is the one where I feel the least about 
that way where it's like well you know if this one wins album of the year i don't think it's like as big of a crown like people will remember twisted fantasy way more than whatever won in 2010 or but that being said also people always remember lauren hill winning like eight one night right or michael yeah. jackson cleaning uh, you know clearing house for thriller so you know when when they win it matters when they don't it doesn't hurt an album's reputation yeah and ultimately like i just yeah, I just feel like Grammys are, like, out of all of them, I feel like people just don't really give quite as much a shit about. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And I could be wrong. Like, I don't really keep up with it at all. I just hear after the fact. I'm like, oh, let me look. Uh, the only time I ever, like, pay attention is when there's a particular album I like that I just want to see how it does. Um, right, exactly right. If you see the one, you're like, oh, sweet, cool, yeah, nice. But I don't um, think I'm ever going to look at the Grammys to see an album that I hadn't listened to and been like, I'm going to give that a shot. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be like, Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, album of the year. Uh, Midnight's, like, you know, I just probably am not going to go listen to it. It might be fine. But, like, the fact that it won album of the year does not mean that I, like, am all of a sudden, like, you know, I really should check that out. Um, Right. Yeah. Just a a very odd way that has fallen. Also, like, yeah. Also, I feel like people come out of the woodwork to shit on Grammys. Like, Drake is a fucking Grammys don't matter. I mean, his is just... Oh, things. yeah. But, like... Same thing with The weekend. It's like... Yeah, it's and like, then... But, have... but then, like, there's the fucking... God, what was... Isn't there one where, like, Lil Wayne is, like, up there accepting a Grammy and shitting on the Grammys? Like, mm. I, it's... I don't ever hear anybody coming... I, I don't, and I could just be out of the loop. But I don't feel like I hear actors like, Man, these fucking Oscars don't matter. These Oscars are bullshit. <laughs> uh, exactly. Right, right. I think it's a little bit of... A little bit of... Um, you know... If you're that as big as Drake, you know, you can make music, whatever, you know, it's, you're much more independent, right? Because, like I said, yeah. you just need a couple producers. Whereas, if you're an actor yeah. or a director, you're sort of still depending on the big machine. And it's just, like, little things like that, like, the little minutiae that makes it difficult to either, A, not give a shit about the Grammys or give a shit about the Oscars. But I think... Um, I think people go, it's not really about the award. It, it's it's the same, that sort of thinking of like, they don't really matter. It's like, yes, Drake, and we know that. It's like, it's whatever, you know, it's, it's like, here, look at this chart. You see how there's, you know, there's a line down the middle and there's stuff on both sides. Like, <laughs> exactly. like they matter for people, like who people, up and coming musicians, if they get their first Grammy, like that must be incredible, right? And right. And people like, boom, I want a Grammy. But you, you already have like, I think he has like two or three and you're, you know, richer than God. And so it doesn't matter to you. So, right. Like, congrats, just, it doesn't matter to you. All right, so anyways. Yeah. <laughs> you can drink out of it. Or I think Kanye was the one who posted a picture of him pissing on it. Cool, <laughs> Kanye. You have, like, 25, dude. Like <laughs> cool, right? I guess. But for somebody who's, like, Victoria Monet, who's been uh, ghostwriting for R&B artists for, like, a decade now, she's finally getting her big break and finally wins, like, two or three. I'm sure it meant a lot to her. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the Grammys. Uh, they're, like, kind of whatever, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like they've... Yeah, it's just... Like, yeah, it, it's just... Yeah, they need to, yeah they need some more, but it's kind of hard. It's like I don't know how, I don't know how you rebrand I, yourself. If you yeah, music is. The, the, I think best, out of all the out best of television TikTok clip, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there's just so many. But it makes sense because there's just so many different kinds of music, right? They, mm-hmm. um, but um, it's kind of like you know, for movies they have like the Saturn Awards and the Golden Globes, and they sort of split themselves up. It's like if the Oscars did all of those, like best horror movie, best this, best that, and that's that's sort of where the Grammy runs into. But then it's like, how do you, you know? How, you run into like the problem that the Oscars run into is like what is a what is a quote quote Oscar movie and what isn't right so right um, but uh, that's a discussion for uh, another day but yeah Oscars or no sorry Grammys good yep. stuff 
right. Yeah. Uh, is, that, is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Yeah, just super, super quick, to, uh, to, like a minute. Um, I, Sydney and I got into Letterboxd this year, which is the app where you can track movies. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been really cool. So every time you want, we watch a movie, we give it some stars, you quote, quote, log it. And then that way you can see, you know, which day you watch all the movies. And then, so it's been really cool. And that way we can keep track. And um, there's a couple of friends on there who I can see and you can see what kind of score they give. Um, some people online try to give them, like, try to be like pithy and write little funny reviews. But I don't use it for that. I just use it so that at the end of the year, I think last year I mentioned where... You know, I had all my 2023 movies, but then I'm like, well, what about the time I rewatched like Independence Day or Die Hard? Like, I don't, I don't log that anywhere. So this right. would be a nice way to, um, you know, log older movies. And just like, I mean, this year, I mean, we're what is it now? It's it, you know, peek behind the curtain right now. It's February 8th. I have watched one movie that has come out this year, and all of them are either 2023 or rewatches. So it's been nice to see that because if I wasn't doing that, then all of my list would literally have just Mean Girls the musical. If I didn't, <laughs> oh, ooh, um, wolf. Uh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you're listening to this, yeah, get Letterbox. Add me. I don't know the username. I want actually. <laughs> yeah, here it is. It's Evercast ninety two. It's my Instagram one. So yeah, find me on Letterboxd. You know, we can rank movies and stuff. It's super helpful and um, it's it's just a simple, nice, simple website. No no big social media shit attached to it. Cool. Sounds good. All right, well, that's the episode for this week. Uh, if you want to catch me, you can catch me at T Money Bags on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at Evercaster92 on Instagram. You can catch the podcast at Different Animals Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us, Different Animals Podcast at gmail.com. As usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll catch y'all in two weeks. Later. Peace. <laughs>